You're listening to Rosie on the House. Come on around back, Arizona. It's the 8 o'clock hour, the outdoor living hour. It's the first Saturday of the month, so we're talking farm fresh. And we always try and match something that's in harvest in real time with what we're talking about today. Now, we're a little early because we've picked peaches because it is uh, something that can start to come to production in March. We're just at the very beginning of the month and not the end. So we may be a couple weeks yet before we get to our our fresh peaches right off the tree, but we're still going to talk about it today because it's something that does grow well here in Arizona. And we've got Arizona Farm Bureau spokeswoman Julie Murphy joining us. Welcome. And thanks again for joining us this Saturday morning. Thank you, Romy. I always look forward to this uh, um, this weekend. And yes, we have some very juicy peaches that we're going to be talking about today and that they'll be ready to come on soon. So we're looking forward to it. In fact, the guest in studio today is Mark Schneff of Schneff, Schneff Farms. And in the world of agritourism and tourists coming to the farm, the Schneff family knows all about it. So we're excited to have our, our guests today. Mark, thanks for breaking away from the farm. Farms are hard enough to uh, leave to come out for a studio broadcast, but one where you all actively have a lot of guests and a lot of tours going on, that just makes it even harder. It does. I mean, we're thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be here, and so thank you for the invitation. But it's good to get off the farm and actually come into the big city uh, and uh, and take a little break from all of that. Uh, weekends are, are a very busy time for us. We get about a quarter of a million visitors a year to the farm. And we've got three weddings going on today, as well as birthday parties and just people visiting the farm. So it's a busy day, but it's good to be here. Thank you. And I have to tell a real fun story. So two of the interns at Arizona Farm Bureau this month will be getting married at your farm. At the the farm. (laughs) The whole farm, uh, what do they call it, Uh, destination weddings. And we have a lot of destinations. In fact, there's some of our other agritourism spots here in Arizona that also host wedding parties. But I think that's pretty impressive that you've got three just this weekend, and two of our interns at Arizona Farm Bureau will be there next weekend and the following weekend. It's fun. We, we get to do weddings for people um, all, all across the country, and, uh, and a lot of times they have that type of connection where it's, it's uh, local families that are coming out to the farm. What else is going on at the farm? Y'all have an incredible uh, reputation, and uh, no short, other than weddings, no shortage of things to do and see. There's, there's so much going on at Schneff Farms. I'll give you just a, a really quick history. Schneff Farms started in 1941. My grandparents bought a little uh, a section of ground, 640 acres. It was just desert. It wasn't even farmland. Um, very visionary. He, my grandfather paid a, a whopping $25 an acre for that property. It has appreciated <laughs> just a little bit since then. Um, but, uh, but he came out and, and started a cotton farm. My dad was the oldest of seven kids. He expanded that. We were farming over 5,000 acres at one point in time and all different kinds of mixed vegetables um, and uh, tree fruits. Uh, and so uh, over the decades, the farm has been very active, but we were a large commercial farm. And it wasn't until I married Carrie in 1991 that we decided to take it in a whole different direction and, and really create this agritainment, um, developing our agritourism industry. And, and we're so proud of what we've done. We do get a lot of 
of people out there. Uh, we have festivals. We have events. We had 3,000 people camping on the farm last weekend, a Renaissance group who were in full Renaissance costume and Renaissance period <laughs> tents. Uh, and they do battle reenactments and arts and crafts. And it rained two and a half inches. So it was just, you know, it was challenging. The real thing. It was a real thing. But we do concerts and... and um, uh, uh, parties and and weddings, uh, tours, dinners, the whole the whole thing. So there's lots of stuff going on at the farm. And just for your peach picking during the season, you you told me forty thousand people show up. We do. You know, we used to like ship our peaches off the farm, um, and then we started selling to local grocery stores, and we started doing a peach festival. We got so many people coming out that were used to coming out and picking peaches on the farm. That we now get forty thousand people. We don't sell any peaches off the farm anymore. Um, people come to the farm and, and, and pick and have that experience. And that's our niche. We want to give people the opportunity to pick their own peaches. We also have nectarines. We have um, apricots and plums and, and this amazing certified organic garden that, that people can pick in as well. So it's, it's the whole idea is that you get back to nature and you get back, you get your hands dirty and, and, and have that experience of really uh, uh, picking fresh fruits and vegetables. Do they pick it clean? <laughs> they do. They do. You know, grocery stores are very particular. If there's a little blemish or something, um, they won't buy a peach. But the public, be, once they taste them, because we let our peaches ripen on the tree before we open those orchards, once they taste that, it doesn't matter necessarily if it has a little blemish on it. They want to be able to pick those peaches and take them home and eat them because they are so awesome. And Mark, outside waiting just before we came on, you were telling me a little bit about you and Carrie for years when you'd have those rare moments when you'd have a break where you would go would be to other states and their agritourism. And what's evolved since then? What's changed? Well, we started this in the, in the early 90s, at just after we got married, and we thought we were kind of inventing this whole agritourism um, experience. And what we found out is that there other parts of the country had been doing it for a long time. So we just started visiting other farms on our vacation. We take our vacation time and travel out of state and visit all of these other farms and, and get wonderful ideas. And then we'd bring them back and, and we'd implement them. And we'd, we'd usually um, do them bigger than what we saw. Uh, and we're to the point now where people are coming and visiting our farm and getting ideas because we're literally one of the largest agritainment farms in the entire country now with, with the amount of visitors that we're getting. Uh, we still farm about 300 acres. Uh, we're an active farm. It's, you know, I'm the largest peach grower in the state of Arizona with 40 acres of, of peaches, um, about 4,000 trees out there. But, uh, but it's so much fun to be able to, to have people come from other states who are just kind of getting started in this agritourism, agritainment um, area and, and being able to share uh, with them what we've been able to do here because it's so important that people have the ability to reconnect with, with family farms. And the Murphys have a enduring connection with the Schnaffs because, you know, we, my parents grew up in Gilbert and Chandler and, and they know the Schneff family and all that stuff. And I can even lay claim to the fact that my dad sold them two can smashers. My older brother calls them <laughs> cantilators. But when you think about how many people show up and you said a quarter of a million within a year, uh, there's a lot of pop and other things. And the family's into recycling. So you bought two of my dad's can I do. smashers. I, I... I didn't realize that yeah. connection, but yes, yep. yes, we did. It was they're awesome too. So There's... all of the aluminum cans are recycled, so nobody has to worry. The Schneff Farm is very sustainable. We are definitely. We're also a hundred percent Earthwise Energy, um, so all of the energy that we use on the farm um, is is either wind or solar. 
um, or hydro. Oh, okay. And um, we're the first farm in the entire country to be able to do that. Now, not, it's not all produced right there on the farm, but we, we, we pay SRP an extra amount of money so that the, the power generated from those sources are, are, is directed towards the farm. And, uh, and, we're, and we're really proud of that fact because we think that that's so important to be able to, uh, to ha- be Earthwise Energy and, and to be a, an example to other people. So in the world of agritourism or agritainment, because as you kind of represent both, there's, you know, we have quite a contingency here. Up in Dewey, we have Mortimer Farms. Down south, we have Annie's Apples. We have um, uh, in Eloy Windmill Farms. You and I were talking about Harold Christ. He Mm -hmm. started that a few years ago. But where do you stand in terms of longevity? Are you one of the older agritourism farms here in the state of Arizona? We are. Um, we started, uh, like I said, in, in the early early 90s doing agri- agritourism. Um, and uh, Young's Farm was doing it before us. Um, Apple Annie's kind of started about the same time that we did. Uh, we kind of took it we kind of put it on steroids i mean we have amusement rides on the farm we have overnight accommodations with our new glamping trailers that's a project that carrie's been doing and she's just awesome at it and so we have like nine vintage airstream trailers um that people can come and spend the night on on the farm and bicycles and they can ride around on the farm and um there's just little adventures to do we have a petting zoo we have the garden that you can pick in we do the dinner so um we we've been doing a a long time in Arizona, but we weren't the first. And we have some newcomers um, into the area. We have like the Olive Mill, which is right next door. And we have uh, Sossman Farms, which are starting an, an agritainment section too. We have the pork shop in Queen Creek. So Queen Creek has kind of this little mini Sonoma Valley. Just this, It's really small compared to that, of course. But we have an agritainment area um, in the Southeast Valley in Queen Creek where people can come and spend the entire day visiting not just Schneff Farms, but other people as well. And so we're pretty excited about that because it, it drives the tourism industry um, into the Southeast Valley and, and in particular into Queen Creek. And, and that's, that's really huge. When that you, is. When, when you get, you know, we're getting a quarter of a million people a year. Olive Mill's getting about that same amount. So there's, that's a lot of people coming. A lot of people are community. showing up. They go to your place first and then Olive Oil or reverse that. And then if they know about the pork shop, they show up there too. Exactly. So question I have, you have four kids. We do. I always want to find out, because you are a generational farm, mm-hmm. of your four kids, who's going to follow in their dad's footsteps? That's a great question because it's competitive. It's like I have two boys and two girls. They all want uh, to play a role in the farm. Two of them are kind of off doing their own thing. Um, or they want to do their own thing, uh, um, and one's a uh, 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 ski. He's up at Mammoth, and and he works the ski resorts every every winter. But he wanted he, in the long term, he wants to come back. But I have a a son and a daughter um, who uh, both would like to uh, uh, manage the farm and run the farm. And one thing about it, it's a big operation, and there's a lot of different facets to it. So we're going to be able to, if all four kids want to be involved in the farm, we've got a place for all four kids to do that. So Arizona families and even those that come out of state to have a wedding on Schneff Farms, we we have an assurance that you guys are going to be here for some time. Absolutely. You Good. know, I, we uh, for years and years, we... Um, uh, had people wanting to buy our farm, and they and they finally the words out. You know, Chef Farms is not for sale. We're we're all about preserving what we have, leaving it as a legacy to the community. <clears throat> I've got a solution for you. Okay, on how to pick which of the four take over. Okay, <laughs> okay, good. 
whoever can recreate this oh. dish that you brought in this morning, that's your new uh, leader, leader of the family. That, that, that's it. Well, that you know, that's Carrie's personal recipe. She's an awesome. Carrie just she runs much of the farm and she does so many different things, but she loves to do that. And I have a daughter that can can make Replicate a cinnamon it. roll that can almost almost as good as Carrie. So she. She might be that candidate. On Shell Your Plate, I, I selected peaches for a recipe, and the one that popped up, it wasn't the cinnamon peach rolls, but it was Carrie's peach recipe. One of Carrie's peach recipes. Yeah, yeah. And it's fabulous. So your daughter that can redo that, she's got my she's, she's the and I'm she has your vote. Four, okay. She's got my vote. That, <laughs> if yeah. you can do that, you should run the farm. <laughs> uh, awesome. You all know why we're gathered here today. We've all suffered from cattle rustlers. Yeah, using trucks for wrestling's the latest thing. Who did you say them cattle belong to? I didn't say. Oh, a smart aleck, huh? Too funny. I love the background music. I always will because he picks it so well. And I don't know if this is the biggest of all time. But I can tell you, uh, the cattle rustling of the old didn't compare to the uh, 1.6 million that just uh, happened in Marana over the last couple of years. It was in the Tucson Daily Star was covering the story. Uh, a gentleman pleaded guilty to a multi-million dollar bank fraud while working for Marana Stockyard, owned by the Parsons family. It's kind of and- heartbreaking. It is, and they've the Parsons have been running that for since the '90s. So, to be running that that long and not realize that this amount of fraud was going on really had had to put a lot of trust in uh, the people that, that took advantage of them, yeah. who were using their money to buy livestock for their own family uh, and selling it and keeping the profit. Right. So it's they were selling everything for 100 percent profit because it was all coming out of the Marana Stockyard, but modern-day cattle rustling, it's still going on. Well, we all have to remember that there's a rustler in every generation, and we've just got to watch out for him. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. And for the families, especially in agriculture, our farmers and ranchers, dairy farmers, you know, we're, we're working 24-7, it seems like, half the time. And when something like that happens, it's just heartbreaking. But that's one of the rules, by the way, uh, just to give a plug to Arizona Farm Bureau, when and why we're community and uh, county based. So if one of our farmers calls us that's a member of Farm Bureau and they say we're having some problems. A couple of years ago, people were just dumping their trash off the side on their property because they didn't want to make it all the way to the or they didn't want to pay the fees to the landfill. And so we got together with the local county leaders within that particular county and um, our leadership worked with the local authorities, and sometimes we can get some of these issues resolved. And uh, that's one of the reasons why county, the Farm Bureau is so important to our farmers and the reason that they're organized by county. When we were doing a little research on this, thought, well, how far back does this go? We were able to find stories from 1889 up to 1921. Well, then there was a gap from 1921 to 2007. I mean, obviously, there was stuff that happened in between there. But it wasn't caught, so to speak. Right. Wow. So there was a, a huge gap. But since two th- we found just as many stories since 2007 today as we did in the 
previous, but they've got new uh, chipping devices mm-hmm. that are going on. Uh, the, the traditional branding is still a, a factor in all of it. Of it. Mm-hmm. So very, very interesting. You wouldn't, you don't relate cattle wrestling to modern era, but well, when you think about the value of a steer when it goes to market. And all the inputs that you put in and the care, the humane care you put into that, that it's too tempting to to people, especially when they can figure out a way to get away with it. It is, and as we urbanize, it's even a challenge for for people who who don't have cattle. For us on the on the farm, we have people that, that will stop by and, and steal peaches at night, and it's a it's a really oh my it's a, it's an unfortunate thing. I, I rent fencing in certain fields because it's they're more exposed than others. So people just have to understand that um, you know it's it's not their stuff, and they they, they got to like keep their hands off of it. And you spend a little bit of money to get those pe- peaches to the level they are, so that you can have forty thousand people come out and enjoy them. We do. It's our number one crop there at the farm and it's so critical and so important to us and so we're very protective of, of the yeah. peaches that we grow and mark do i is there a festival or is there not a festival that's a that's <laughs> a great question we, carrie and i this is the story carrie and i we had this little peach orchard and we were trying to convert to to agritainment and we thought um you know rather than try to sell any peaches to a grocery store let's let's um, have a little festival and, and, and get people to pick them and see if people will come and and pick our peaches. Well, the very first year that we had a festival, we had no money for advertising or anything. It was just all word of mouth. But we had, um, uh, it was so successful that we picked out our orchard in three hours. So we knew that we had a good thing here. And so I just started planting more orchards and more orchards. And the festival grew year after year and carried us an awesome job at, at all of the other stuff that's related to the festival. Uh, we're not doing a festival this year. Uh, it, it, the festival just got to be so big that um, Mother Nature, you know, you, you have to like tell people months in advance when the festival is going to be and Mother Nature might have the crop a little early, <laughs> they might yeah. have the crop a little later. Um, and so they're, they're r- not like citrus where you may have three or four months. You could be picking them off the tree. No. You've got a narrow window. It's a narrow window. <laughs> it's usually uh, 10 days or less. And so we said, you know what, we've got we start peaches. We have the earliest peaches in the whole country in April. And it's not in March, but in April is when we start picking those peaches. Rather than try to focus on a festival where, where everyone hears about it and comes just one weekend, let's just spread it out. People can come starting in late April and come any weekend and pick awesome, amazing peaches and not have the great big crowds that they have to deal with when we do the big peach so festival. So for our Arizona families, they can still get peaches this year at Schneff Farm. It's just not around a festival. It's just, yeah, we're just not having, you know, all the extra stuff like the, the vendors and, and uh, the pancake uh, breakfast and those sorts of things. We're not doing uh, not doing that, but uh, it the peaches are there. I haven't taken out any trees. We've <laughs> It looks like, even though with our, our cold temperatures, looks like we're going to have a great crop this year. That's Schnepp Farms. How does somebody find the Schnepp Farms? You know what? We're right in Queen Creek. We're on Rittenhouse and Cloud Rose in Queen Creek. Just uh, go to schnepffarms.com. Spell that for me. S-C-H-N-E-P-F. And so it's schnepffarms.com. And and, uh, look us up. Moving to the country. I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat me a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I knew I was gonna hear this song today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can eat a lot of peaches at Schneff Farms. That's awesome. Well, let's talk peach specifics okay 
What types of varieties do y'all have at the farm? We grow eight different varieties at the farm, and I'll, I'll give you the, the what I consider to be the two best. Um, early Grand, uh, they're an, a great peach, and they're a great big peach, and then Florida Prince, which are a kind of a medium-sized peach. But we, um, we also have uh, Springcrest and Florida King, Super Lady, Super Z, um, Snow Angel, which is a white peach, one of my favorite peaches because it's just the flavor is different. There's no acid in that peach. It's just really amazing. And then we have a mystery peach, which we've named the Schneff peach. Because I, I planted it about 25 years ago, and, and I don't have any record of what variety it is, but it does so well. And so um, it's just, it's, we've, we have a, I sent a bunch of clippings off to a nursery in, in California, and they have grafted a bunch of new in. So I have a whole new orchard of the Schneff peach planted. So those, those are varieties that, that we grow. But the two best, you know, people ask me all the time, what should I get? Um, I always recommend Early Grand and Florida Prince if you can find them at the local nurseries. How big will a peach tree get? You know, it'll get up to about 15 feet tall if you let it, but we never let a tree get that that tall. We um, we trim our trees from the time that they're just tiny little sticks, um, and we shape it. Uh, all of our peaches are picked by the public, and we don't want any ladders out there because the public on ladders are just <laughs> lawsuits waiting to happen. So we keep the public off of those ladders. We trim those trees so that they're low to the ground. Um, and you can reach all of the peaches by just standing on the ground and, and reaching up in there. You don't need you don't need ladders of any kind. But but you have to trim them, and that's one of the things people don't understand when they plant a peach tree in their backyard. Is if if you don't trim it, then it's going to get taller, and um, and and it's going to get to the point where it's going to be hard to reach those peaches. Now, a peach tree doesn't start producing in the first year, though. It doesn't. Um, it usually takes three to four years uh, from the time we get our trees in from Cal- from a nursery in California, and they're bare roots, so they're really small. They've just been grafted into a different rootstock, which strengthens the tree and makes it a, a good producer. Um, we plant those. It takes three to four years before they start, and then they'll produce about twenty years before their production life starts to wane and the trees start to die off. And at that point in time, we usually tear out the orchard, cut it all up for firewood, or chip it and put it back in because all of our orchards. Um, are chemical free, and so we do a lot of composting, and we'll put put that back in there, um, put all the compost back in there to to uh, give the nutrients there. But uh, but about twenty years is the life of a peach tree, and it might live longer, but it it'll stop producing or slow down on producing, and it's just time to to replace it after that, and that's that's the life of a peach tree. Better than pistachio trees, it takes about seven to eight years for those <laughs> to fruit, and we used to grow pistachio trees. <laughs> we, we we did that too. My dad planted 80 acres, of, 80 acres of pistachio trees in the 70s, and we grew them for over 10 years. Never never got a single nut, so it was the most expensive firewood <laughs> we ever grew on we the farm. You should talk to dad. We got some pretty good pistachios I, I, out of ours. I, yeah, if I, if I had any, I would definitely visit with him, so... Now, how do you thin them? I mean, th- this is a tree you've got to manage the bud growth, or else you're going to end up with a lot of little uh, grape-sized peaches. You, and that's exactly right. That's a super point. Most people, you know, it, you, you got to baby these peach trees. These are not just things that you plant and, and ignore. If you want to crop off of it, um, they'll bloom, and th- you could have as many as ten or twelve uh, little peaches on a limb of of. Uh, in a peach tree. So you want to thin those down so that there's about three per limb and that they're spaced a little bit if you can do it that way. Um, otherwise, they just stay really small. The tree doesn't produce enough sugar in order to, to mature that many peaches and they'll never get sweet. So if you want a good peach, you've got to go out and pay attention and have about three peaches per limb. 
which is hard because thinning is just oh I I'm losing I'm losing my crop I'm losing my crop I'm losing my crop. <laughs> Carrie, Carrie does that to me every year after after the, I only have two guys that do this and, and they go out and thin and you know there's just like thousands and thousands of little baby peaches the size of a pea on the ground. Just, oh my gosh, Mark, you've ruined the crop. And it's a psychological so, no. issue. You've just it gotta... is. <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to get beyond it because it's it's part of of growing a good peach. Now, when is the harvest time for this? And one of the reasons y'all have eight different varieties is it spreads out your season because uh, you'd mentioned her, yeah, 10 days. It, it does. Here in Arizona, it's hot when you pick peaches, unlike other parts of the country where the season is longer and you you know, you know, can take several weeks to pick the peaches. You've got about 10 days, and, and I wanted a longer season than that. So I found varieties that are staggered. They're ready at different times. Um, so we start picking peaches the end of April, uh, the earliest peaches in the whole country. And we, we do that. It's the variety. It's the soil conditions that we have in Queen Creek, which is a wonderful sandy loam soil, and, and it's our weather. It's our, it's our hot weather. Um, so th- then we just go from orchard to orchard as they ripen up, and then we wrap it up about the 1st of June. Um, nectarines come in during that, that May time period as well uh, as our apricots. And so we're growing all of those, and those are all you pick as well. How do you manage the birds? Oh, we don't. You know, the birds get their share. Um, <laughs> we have too many trees to try to cover. Uh, in the old days, we used to use bangers that made loud noises, and we hung stuff in the trees. And it just uh, They just get their share. But if for people who have a few trees in their backyard, there are some things that you can do. You can put netting over them. You can put, like, old CDs in there that spin and, and kind of reflect light to scare them. You can put some other stuff. Birds are pretty smart, though. They are smart. They, they're smart and persistent. And so um, you kind of if, if you've got just a few trees in your backyard, you have to really, uh, really work at saving them from the birds. Well, you you know, you if there's anyone that knows how to manage crowds, you guys do, don't you? <laughs> People crowds, bird crowds. That's so neat, though, and I'm so excited that we're going to still get to pick peaches at Schneff Farms. Oh, my gosh. And it's not just the peach picking, but the bakery's still open. The, you know, we're still going to be baking pies and cinnamon rolls. Um, and you know, we're still just, you know, we're just not going to be having... The, the 15, 20,000 people on one weekend. We just want to spread people out and give people a much more enjoyable experience. You'll be able to drive right to the orchards. Um, we we and pick your peaches and, and, and pay for them right in the orchard. Then you can drive back to the bakery and pick out whatever's whatever's there that looks good. And, yeah. of course, we have all of our jams and, and salsas and those sorts of things made out of peaches as well. So it's, it's peach season at Schneff Farms um, from the end of April all through the month of May. So we hope people will come out and... Uh, Pick some awesome peaches. You just don't realize how good those peaches can be when you pick them ripe off of tree. And, you know, even if you just go to enjoy the experience, uh, a pub- a farm that's catering to the public, agritourism, they'll satisfy your five senses. And that's one of the things, the sights, the smells, the taste. You just go into the Schneff, uh, I don't know, what do you call it, the the market store, and you can smell, especially during peach season, because they're baking peach pies. This is the same thing for Apple Annie's, uh, some of the other uh, agritourism places that we have. If you go up to Dewey and go to Mortimer Farms, same thing. You walk into their little store, their little country store, and you just, your senses come alive because you can smell the smell, see the sights and the tastes, and it's pretty special. Uh, we were looking up a couple of those. You had the Marana Pumpkin Patch. They also yes. have train rides there, kind of like a little McCormick Park, but down just north of Tucson. A little west of Tucson, you've got the Buckaloo Farm. The Buckaloo Farm, they've been around for quite some time. It's really big time in, during the harvest, the uh, pumpkin. In fact, one of the things I was going to say about going to the Schneff Farms, 
uh, website, they've already got all their uh, schedules and highlights. So if you're planning w- planning way out when it's at its peak for some of these farms is uh, during October, they've already got all their dates for their October pumpkin patch stuff. We do. And one of the fun things that, that we offer at the farm, and I mentioned it a little earlier, is is the glamping. Glamping is glamorous camping. There's different versions of it. But at Schneff Farms, it's vintage Airstream trailers. And they are just amazing. This is Carrie's project. She she bought them. They're, they were a wreck. Um, she worked with the, the, the carpenter to redo them. And it's overnight accommodations. It's Queen Creek's first little hotel. But you can actually stay on the farm. We have bicycles. You can ride around on the farm. So if you're coming out for peach picking, you might want to come out and just spend the night out there too and and, uh, have have an overnight experience. And that's, I think that's probably what it's going to take for us. We are outside of Wickenburg. So, I mean, the, 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 the distance for just a day trip and back, but now that we've got a little Airstream, everyone can hang out in for the night, you know, break up that travel mm-hmm. time a little bit. And it, you've got four kids, so, Romy, you need to do that. They oh, would so love that. Or are you just thinking of, like, a little honeymoon weekend? For <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're at the age. Of, most of them would travel with us. Oh, the, the, the freshman in high school might check out. And <laughs> they're rodeo kids, so... They're used to, uh, you know. Traveling with the family and staying in trailers. Yeah, that would be great. Doing a little research for this, uh, aside from just tasting great, there's a lot of health benefits to peaches. Oh, my gosh. Peaches are just full of all kinds of, of vitamins. And and um, and they're fresh, and all of ours are, are chemical free, and so that, that that's just a little added uh, bonus. Um, here in Arizona, we we don't have to battle some of the diseases and things that they do in in wetter climates in other parts of the country, and so uh, we're able to to offer these. But yes, it's uh, there's a lot of, of of good nutrients and vitamins in in peaches, and they're they're extremely healthy. Um, and in addition to tasting just great. So speaking of taste, when somebody from Georgia comes. And lands on your farm. What's the experience for them? You know, I want to see the fight. Yeah, I want to see the fight. They are so skeptical because it's like you know they're pretty proud of their Georgia. Not pretty proud. They are awesome proud of their their Georgia peaches. And so they'll go out and they'll say, "There is no way that these peaches can compare to Georgia." And they come back and it's like. These are good peaches. <laughs> These are really good peaches. And I have one one quick story to to tell. We had we don't normally ever ship our peaches anywhere, um, but we had a, a call from a bride in Georgia who was getting married in Georgia, and it wasn't their peach season. We had the earliest peaches in the country, so she asked if we would ship uh, a couple of boxes of peaches so oh she could serve peaches gosh. at her wedding. And we did that for her, but that I, I we don't do that for. Uh, most people, just to let you know. So but it's, what it's a classic a story. Yeah. A Georgia bride had to borrow some Arizona peaches to cap off her wedding experience. Yeah, we, we were pretty proud of that one. You mentioned chemical-free, not that you would treat, uh, you know, they do a lot of mosquito treatment down there. That's one of the great things about Arizona. We don't have a lot of insect, nearly the insect control a humid Georgia needs. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Makes it a little easier for that. Uh, the average peach has 35 to 50 calories, a source of vitamin A, C, high in fiber, potassium, and no fat. But the interesting thing is that it will trick you into thinking that you're fuller than you are, so you eat less. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. And, and well, a good peach has a lot of, of, of moisture in it. I mean, it just drips down your arm when you bite into it. And, and so it's, it's, it's all very filling. And um, one thing we, we do is we allow people to sample a peach once they're in the orchard um, and taste it because we know when they taste them in the orchard, they're going to pick more than what they really 
really wanted to to, to pick that day because they're just so darn good. But um, but that's one of the benefits that you get when you come and you pick at an orchard is that you're able to to sample. You also was were talking about they don't care again because maybe some of it's the experience, the taste, but they're not as discriminating about if there's a bruise, if it's still a juicy, ripe peach. That they're going to pick it. I mean, you know, a lot of times uh, there might be a little blemish in it where a, a bird pecked at it very early in its life and, and something like that. And yes, a grocery store wouldn't accept that. They would reject that. There's nothing wrong with that peach. And when people are out in that field, they they realize that and they know that and they're just picking away and um, enjoying every peach on the tree. We We get virtually all of our peaches picked off the trees. We don't have waste on the farm like that at all. That's awesome. And it's important for us to know, too, that we have access to, because it's Arizona, and maybe it's not peach season, but they have access to your farm year-round. They, they do. We're open every Thursday through Sunday from 8 until 4. So people can come out. They can pick in the, in the garden, in the organic garden. Um, they can go out to the petting zoo. They can walk around. We just finished our peach blossom celebration, which we do every year, where people can go and see the blossoms that are in the orchard. Um, and so it's... Uh, uh, it's like you said earlier, it's just a, a, a pleasure. It's, it's just candy for the senses to be able to get out there and be in the wide open spaces where it's just beautiful and quiet and uh, peaceful and, and wonderful. We're leaving winter. We're going into the spring season. But what's the story? But there's got to be a story behind the ice rink. <laughs> um, Carrie found it. Carrie wanted to do ice skating on the farm. And so she found an ice skating rink about three years ago that uh, that we purchased. And so we set up, it's big a big ice skating rink. It's a it's like a, a 40 by 80 or 100 um, ice skating rink. And uh, we rent a giant chiller that we bring in. So from uh, early December until the middle of January, we have ice skating on the farm as well. And that just goes along with everything else. According to the in, uh, University of Virginia research, peaches have also been shown to decrease neurodegenerative disorders such as Alzheimer's and decrease risk of macular degeneration. It's also an anti-aging, uh, a great source of zinc, helps uh, prevent anti-aging. So it, it's a, I, I do about the zinc. I didn't know about the anti-aging. We're just we're going to have to like let people know about that so. <laughs> and plant I'm some gonna, more and plant some more orchards. I'm going to eat peaches all season. <laughs> <laughs> Research at University of Virginia is provided by sponsored by Schnepp Farms. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so you're right next to the Queen Creek Olive Mill. We are new pop up that's coming. Yep. Well, randomly. We found that Queen Creek Olive Mill has a satellite location near Kierland, uh-huh. which isn't too far from the station. Right. I think you need to work with them to get some peaches over there oh. so we don't have to drive <laughs> all the way to Queen Creek. I can't get there conveniently. We want conveniently. you to come to Queen Creek. <laughs> yeah, Queen, Queen Creek is kind of the thing. We And, and we're, we're friends with the Reyes who have the, the Olive Mill, and, and they're, they're doing great business over there. In fact, it used to be part of right, Schneff well, Arms well, where, well, where they're at. They, they bought that, that land. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, Mention to carry. You know, we we should put a couple truckloads of peaches on. Send it with the Queen Creek Olive <laughs> Mill. I bet they'd go like, 
wildfire you out know, there in front of the Kirlin. You're, you're probably right. We, we do. We, Vincent Garato, who has Vincent's on Camelback, is a dear friend of ours, he and his wife. And, and so they have a, a French market on Saturdays. And, and if I have some peaches, I will send some peaches up to him. So, so all of the people kind of in that area don't have to drive all the way out to the farm. But there's not, not that many. Most 99% of the people have to come to Schneff Farms to get those peaches. <laughs> but you know, for the farmer, if you can have a setting like you, that you pick environment, it's a little bit easier than always hauling your product to the farmer's markets, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and in fact, I, before we had so many people coming to the farm to pick, um, we used to go to some farmer's markets and, and, and sell. And, and it is, you know, they're wonderful. And I love farmer's markets. Uh, but, but it is a lot of work for the farmer to actually get out there every single Saturday or Sunday, whatever, whenever it actually happens. Um, and so we've just, our niche is that we want to give people the, the actual experience of picking those, those fruits and vegetables right from the farm itself. And then we entertain them while we're there. And that's why we call it agritainment because we want to, you know, ha- help them make these incredible family memories by visiting, visiting a family farm. And that's why agritourism, agritainment is so incredible. And it's one of the largest growing industries, um, in agriculture right now, because people are, are understanding that um, urbanites, city, city people, want to have an experience um, out on a farm because at some point in their past, their family was connected to a farm. So everyone literally has a connection um, somewhere in their family history to a farm, and it's, it, it, it just gives them, um, it's almost a, a spiritual thing. It, it gives it them a, a connection to the soil and, and to their history. So true, and I also think it's pretty special that, like in the case of your family, it's generational. You may have started in more of a traditional, like your dad, your grandfather mm-hmm. before you, traditional farm, but now it's agritainment. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, traditional farms feed the world. Um, agritainment farms um, feed, feed the soul. Feed, feed the soul and the locals. And the locals. And the locals, <laughs> yeah. Arizona Farm Bureau President Stephanie Smallhouse is joining us on the line to wrap up our Farm Fresh Hour. Stephanie? Good morning, Romy and Mark and Julie. It's great to be with you again this morning. Good morning. And learn about peaches. It's making me hungry for some peach pie. (laughs) Good, good. Um, I will say, though, just tagging on to what Mark was just talking about, you know what I love about agritourism and Arizona's family farms that invite the public out to their farms is the education part of it because it does connect the public back to farming. And, you know, there is that connection in each family, but we're getting to the point where it's four generations away from the farm. And so at Arizona Farm Bureau, we also focus on education, and we have a great Ag in the Classroom program. We were able to educate over 100,000 students, teachers, and consumers last year. And in fact, not only do we want your listeners to, to become members of Arizona Farm Bureau, but if you shop at Fry's, you can enroll your Fry's reward points to the Community Rewards Program. You go online. It's super easy. Look up Arizona Farm Bureau Education Farming Company. It doesn't impact your fuel points, but what it does is for every dollar you spend at Fry's, we get a donation to our education program. And I can't imagine what could be more basic in your child's education than where their food comes from. And I will say we shop at Fry's just because the Fry's location near us, you can, Amanda puts all the order in on her phone, hits, you know, submit, and it gives you a pickup time. You know how much money we save not carrying four kids through a grocery store with us? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Stephanie. (laughs) No kidding. Good to be with you again this morning. Always a pleasure. AZFB.org. You sign up. It's a $60 a year membership full of benefits, and uh, you're supporting agriculture, which is supporting your, your, your local farmers and food supply. It's Rosie on the House here with you every Saturday morning. Thanks, Romy. Thank you.